At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. As Stephen Sondheim once said, There are giants in the sky. There are also giants walking on the earth and swimming in the water. We're not sure yet about fire giants. Best to be careful no matter what. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it's you too. Back after our two-week-long hiatus is your hosting team, comprised of me, Alex Flanagan. <laughs> that was so complex. Uh, and I'm Addison Peacock. Yeah, I like started going, and then I realized I was going to have to take several more turns <laughs> before it got to a place that was good, and so I just kind of had to keep rolling with it. I hope you understand. I said, I hope you understand. I don't. Oh, no. No, I do. I'm sorry. My email's not loading, and it's making me nervous because it's where all my notes are because I emailed them to myself. Technology. I hate it. Maybe Why if you it? weren't such a millennial. I guess. Millennials are killing podcasting. I got my notes. I did it. You wanted us back, and this is what you get. <laughs> I'm the keeper of this week's cryptid, uh, and before I start on it, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Henry Galley, who I've mentioned on here before, who is a writer of short fiction and writes a lot of the stories on the No Sleep podcast, but who sent me uh, many of the sources that led me down this weird rabbit hole that got us here today for this episode. That was a really weird and convoluted way to say that. Basically, he suggested this cryptid. We're really good at senses today. <laughs> we are a tad rusty, I think. So, are you going to ask me what it is, what, what the crypt, what the cryptid is? Are you going to help me maintain this illusion? The illusion of me not knowing what the cryptid is? <laughs> so you want me to replay what I did 10 minutes ago before we came in the suffering box? I would prefer if you did, yes. Hey, Addison, what's this week's cryptid? It's giants. Do you mean there there might be giants in this episode? Or <laughs> oh my saying? god. Actually... I did promise I would make a particular reference at the beginning of this one, uh, so I would say no, but I will raise you and say, and sing you a little bit of a song. All I want to do is see you turn into a giant woman, a giant, a giant woman. All I want to be is someone who gets to see a giant woman, giant woman. But like, also, yeah, I would love to see a giant woman. I also would love to see a giant woman or a giant anything, really. <laughs> well, have I got news for you. Hey. Apparently, giants are just all over the darn place. So, don't look at my notes. I'm not There's looking at your notes. <laughs> there are secrets in there. There's nowhere else to look in this recording booth. Okay, so first I have some information from Exemplor. There's a lot of stuff about giants out there, and it spans a ton of subject matter. So I will be giving kind of a lot of stuff that is very general and kind of a quick touch on a lot of different areas. So I do. This is one area in particular in which I definitely encourage additional research because there is so much crazy awesome stuff about giants out there. There's so much stuff to read and I do not have time to cover all of it or uh, we will be here all night. But there are legends about giants, sort of how, how dragons are very ubiquitous in folklore across the world. Giants are something else that is just absolutely universal. There are biblical accounts like David and Goliath. There are accounts of the Babylonian king Gilgamesh, who's described mm -hmm. as being enormous. Um, he's portrayed as being uh, at least 12 to 14 feet tall. Have you ever read Gilgamesh? I have. It's the most ridiculous thing. 
I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> now, it does mention in later notes that it's unclear whether portrayals of giants in the Bible are meant to be metaphors or not. So there's also that. But it's always been my understanding that most things in the Bible operate on like both a literal and metaphorical level mm-hmm. simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that really depends on your interpretation of it. I'm, so, I'm willing to take it as, as proof here. I I'm mean, there are also yeah. like people who in the Bible lived for 900 years. And I don't think that's a metaphor. <laughs> that's true. I'm willing to believe that in addition to being like a mighty and imposing figure, Gilgamesh was also 14 feet tall. Honestly, that's like the least unbelievable thing about Gilgamesh. That's true. And in uh, Greek mythology, there are Greek accounts full of giant men taking on the gods and goddesses. Giants were referred to in writings as gigantes or titans, but that's also a whole other... Titans are a whole other spectrum of Greek mythology that is too much to touch on right now. But in the works of the poet Hesiod, they were said to be the offspring of Uranus and Gaia. Mm -hmm. So they had children that were these giant human beings, essentially, in appearance. And then in both Greek and Roman scenarios, the gods and goddesses were in conflict with these giants who wanted control over the land. And then it was Hercules, son of Zeus, and Alcemene who went on to lead the Olympians to victory. It's a whole big thing uh, against the giant Antaeus. That's a whole other thing. Go read if you want. If you're into Greek mythology, it's a fun. A whole big thing. <laughs> That's not funny. You want to know what is funny? I just asked Henry Galley for his favorite giant joke, and I got a really good one. Tell me. Tell me. What does he say? <clears throat> I've been diagnosed with a chronic fear of giants. Fee-fi-phobia. Hey, I like that a lot. Oh, that's incredible. And I will talk about giants in pop culture in a little bit. Submit your jokes, people. Tweet them at us with the hashtag giant jokes, and I'll invent a time machine to go back and put them on this episode of the podcast. (laughs) Oh, good. I can't wait. You Um, probably won't make it on the podcast, spoiler, but I do love dumb jokes, so, like, please still tweet them at me. Give us the jokes. Legends of Giants in Norse mythology. I'm just going to touch on a lot of appearances of them in legends just as a quick sort of primer on the subject. Norse mythology touches on a race of giants that fights the gods. Again, they're they're often appearing in mythology as to fight the sort of current power dynamic. They're fighting the gods. And some of them are, are said to defeat the gods in the final battle of Ragnarok. There are frost giants and mountain giants, and then just the Jotun, who are apparently just giant regular, like regular flavor giants, because there's not a qualifier on them, and they're not supposed to be as large as the frost giants or the mountain giants. I think it's Jotun. Is it Jotunheim? Because Jotunheim is the realm where... Um, I'm not good at Norse. Um, That's not anything Norwegian. A Norse is a Norse, of course, of course. Hmm, get the hell out of my booth. (laughs) Uh, So giants also appear in the folklore of the people indigenous to the area now known as the United States. So uh, natives that inhabited the northeastern and southwestern parts of the country spoke of a race of red-haired giants. And this is something that comes up a lot in the supposed sightings I will touch on in a little bit. They are these, um, they're Sitaka. They were giant, red-headed, cannibalistic giants. I said giant already, but they were giant human beings that were with red hair and cannibalistic appetites said to be about 12 feet in stature. And they were chased into the caves by all of the tribes of people, of indigenous people in the area. Um, They stood together against the giants who threatened them, and then they sent them to the caves, and the giants refused to leave the safety of the caves, so the cave was then set on fire. And then it collapsed during an earthquake, sealing the entrance shut. Now, 
When the area was mined for fertilizing materials, there were several fossils discovered in the early 1920s. Along with those fossils were the well-preserved human-like skeletons, one male and one female. Uh, The female was over six feet tall, and the male was over eight feet tall. So not quite 12 feet, but big. That is pretty big. Unusually big for the time period, especially. If If you read into this, people have gotten progressively taller over the years, but around this time, people were never this tall. Along with the discovery of the skeletons, there were other artifacts found in these uh, collapsed caves, including a circular calendar that had the number of days and weeks of a year etched onto it. And then in 1931, two more skeletons were discovered in Lockport, Nevada, that measured from 8 to 10 feet tall. That's pretty heckin' tall. It's pretty heckin' tall. And there is also another United States or or another uh, giant human bone thing. There is a model of a giant human femur on exhibit at the Mount Blanco Fossil Museum. Okay, So if you want to see a real big human femur. You can go check it out there, I guess. That's a cool thing to check out. A little bit more mythology. Um, again, never ends. In um, This has been a little Western-centric so far, so I want to take us over to Indian mythology. In Indian mythology, the giants are called the, oh no, pronunciation again, Daiches. They're the children of Didi and the sage Kashyapa, and they fought against the gods. So many, mm-hmm. uh, as always, as in all of these mythologies, the giants fight the gods. Uh, They were the children of deities, and they were jealous of their half-siblings that were fully divine and rebelled and fought against them. And then there are also, back to Western folklore and history and all that for a little bit, accounts of giants in the Old Testament, famously, obviously, Goliath, but something that people have claimed to actually have experiences and sightings of are the Nephilim, which were the children of humans and angels mm-hmm. uh, and are supposed to be enormous in size. And what's fascinating to me so far is that when you're talking about these giants, um, we're mostly talking about people that are 8, 10, 12, 14 feet tall, which is obviously very large. Like if you met a 14 foot tall person in real life, it would blow your mind. But much more realistic than I think what I immediately think of when I'm thinking of giants, which is like Gulliver's Travels, like 40 feet tall. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's fascinating to me because I think the more we hear accounts of, you know, eight foot tall, 10 foot tall, 14 foot tall max, like individuals, that becomes more and more into the realm of outlandishness, but possibility. Like, there are human beings that have grown to be nearly eight feet tall, like, just in our regular experience of the world. So it's not so far off to think that it would be possible Mm -hmm. for individuals at some point to have been born at those sizes. That's the thing. Um, Obviously, also, gigantism is is a thing that occurs in human beings, and it causes very, very, very tall and large people. But the, th- the the thing where it starts to become a little bit more difficult to justify or to explain is the idea of there being encounters with an entire race of people that are mm-hmm. that size. Because at the moment, people even close to that large are outliers in a big way. Right. But there are some—now, these aren't necessarily live encounters, but these are— these are encounters with bones and bodies and remains. In the winter of 1890, a French anthropologist um, found large bones at the Bronze Age cemetery of Castelnau-le-Les with the bones. I don't speak French. Um, with the bones, he estimated the giant at 11, foot, 11 feet 6 inches tall. So wow. we're getting into that range again. Then there was the giant of Montpellier. Uh, 1894 press accounts mentioned a discovery of bones of human giants unearthed at a prehistoric cemetery in Montpellier, France. There were skulls 28, 31, and 32 inches in circumference, um, as well as the bones belonging to a race of men that appeared to be between 10 and 15 feet in height. 
They were apparently sent to the Paris Academy for further study, and there is no update on that afterwards. So either they were lost or it never really happened or... Or the French know something we don't. I was going to say, or there's a weird French conspiracy about giant men. I feel like there's a joke in there somewhere, but I can't find it. Uh, something, something, Napoleon, something, something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a Napoleon joke in there somewhere. Napoleon wasn't even that short. He was 5'7". Yeah. Which was tall at the time. Yeah. Not like 11 feet 8 inches tall, but tall. Well, no. Not like 11. Can you imagine if Napoleon was actually a giant man and all this time history has just been... It's propaganda to trick us and make us think that the existence of giants is all folklore. Napoleon actually, they won't tell you this. Now, uh, what they won't tell you, Here's they won't teach you, you this learn in school, yeah, kids. They won't teach you that Napoleon Bonaparte was actually 35 feet tall. With bright red hair. <laughs> Uh, and, and fought he, the Norse gods. And he ate people. He just picked Originally them up and Originally hailing from Jotunheim, Paris. Now, this is obviously, we'll talk about titans and, or titans, we'll talk about giants and pop culture a little bit later on. But this is a lot of, a lot of this is the inspiration, of course, for the um, creatures like the, in the anime series Attack on Titan, you have these giant cannibalistic people. Or like um, in the 90s movie, Remember the Titans, about the football team. Mm-hmm. You remember where the, you also had giant cannibalistic people. Yeah, you remember the movie Remember the Titans where they learned a valuable lesson about um, racism and friendship, but also then a bunch of really large men rolled up and murdered everyone by eating them alive? Well, it was a story about overcoming your inherent boundaries to uh, band together and fight the real giant, which was racism. <laughs> <laughs> there is a supposed yeti hand or giant human hand that is an artifact from a Buddhist monastery in Nepal. That is supposed to belong to a yeti or a the a large giant ape-like man living in the Himalayan mountains, or that lived in the Himalayan mountains. Probably not so alive if they have his hand, though he could be. Now this is one of my favorites because it's it's more I like the more recent ones, uh, and also this one has starts to tie into actual um, actual prehistoric study a little bit. London University primatologist William Charles Osmond Hill, that's so many names, why he has so many names, um, conducted a physical examination of the pieces that of pieces that were supplied by uh, Barron, who was an investigator who found one of these giant skeletons. And they were sort of, he had determined around 1960 that it was a hominid, and uh, while not a Neanderthal, it was a very close match to Neanderthal skeleton and skull composition so there's the ancient humanoid kind of idea except for the fact that there have been modern sightings which i'll talk about in a bit on december 2011 well, that whole idea you know if we evolved from giants why are there still giants it's a branch in the evolution wake up tree. liberals wake up sheeple sheeple the giants are coming if we evolved from giants why are there still giants um i'm really enjoying this like very niche brand of like cryptozoological denialism <laughs> like what is that they're like i'll accept that there's giants but evolution come on i don't think so i don't think so from an article by blumhouse which is a horror film producer so it's really i don't know why they're writing an article about this but it was neat to read in 1928 there was a peruvian archaeologist named julio tello uh who discovered an enormous intricately designed graveyard containing some of the largest skulls ever found on record hmm. some of the skulls were believed to be over 3,000 years old and a recent dna test found that the dna contained in the skulls had mutations unknown to human primate or animal because they were dinosaurs uh, no, because they were Nephilim, the um, 
spawn of angels and human beings, or they were another race of giants. Actually, this is an interesting thing worth discussing. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have the misconception, uh, and I know this is like facilitated a lot in like when you're a young kid, and it's just not something that you necessarily think for the rest of your life, but it's something that never really gets challenged, and so you don't consider it. Um, but even among like biblical scholars, it's understood that angels are an entirely separate race of beings. We have this like sort of false idea in our head that like, oh well. Grammy Susan died and went to heaven and now she's an angel. Like, yeah, no, they have like six eyes true. and like they have like six eyes and upside down heads and they're like twenty feet tall. Yeah, they're wild. Um, I have like a, an encyclopedia on angels actually mm-hmm. that I got when I was like a young kid and Borders was closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got on like this closeout sale of Borders, <laughs> but it's really fascinating actually. There's like a ton of information that you just sort of take for granted, but actual like biblical study, angels are terrifying. Oh yeah, and they are an entirely separate race of humans, like with their own morality code and everything. So when you were wondering about like fallen angels, because angels like seem to be this inherently like pure, it's no, they're literally just an entirely different race of being that happens to occupy this role in the celestial system that's Uh fundamentally different from humans. So, like, it stands to reason that if you have these crossbreeds, for lack of a better, more sensitive term, it would result in some pretty buck-wild biology. Exactly. Also, (laughs) this is funny, and this is the only time I think I'll ever say anything about the accuracy of this television program, but the only show I've ever seen to actually nail down kind of what angels are depicted as being in the biblical tradition is the show Supernatural. You were going to say that. Yeah, which depicts them as having to occupy a human vessel in order to even interact with human beings because when they exist as their actual form, it blinds people, like burns their eyes out of their skulls and their voice can make people go deaf. And if you go back and read the biblical accounts, it's pretty on point. They're like Mm -hmm. enormous and terrifying and people who encounter them often are so stricken with just like absolute animal terror that they don't even know what to do with themselves. Now, I am pretty fascinated by the Nephilim theory in general because Mm -hmm. it seems like nearly all of these tales imply sort of an implicit relationship between giants and the gods or the Mm -hmm. the celestial beings or, or the rulers overall. And actually, there are even some schools of thought indicating that the Greek gods or the Norse pantheon or what have you um, from a somewhat more like biblically centric viewpoint can be explained away by the existence of Nephilim or these these sort of deified Mm -hmm. beings Um, because we know for a fact, that's a bad way of saying it, Um, if you are subscribing to the biblical school of thought, there is biblical evidence to support the fact that Angels and humans did mingle. Mm-hmm. They did have offspring. Like, that is a biblically stated precept. Yeah. Um, and so if you are accepting the text of the Bible, then that is a very real thing that happened. There was a very long period of time where those creatures inhabited the earth. And um, it's implied even that they would be able to use their powers over humans. And if, if you can imagine this, like, race of sub-angelic beings with these wild powers or these fallen angels that established dominion over the earth, it makes sense that they would want to set themselves up to be gods Absolutely. to have these pantheons. And it also makes sense, then, that these half-angel, half-human beings would have this sort of resentment toward the heavens mm-hmm. and would want to establish this conflict. And that more so than even just their size, they would be more suited to take on those sorts of roles than anyone else. Yes. I'm saying this because I don't want you to even accidentally see what I'm about to talk about because it is a delight. Okay. So I've talked a lot about 
sort of evidence supporting, at the very least, humanoids and human beings that were at one time living in the world that were 14, 15 feet tall. Now, Mm -hmm. here we have actually the most prominent that I could find modern sighting of seeing a giant human being or something that appeared to be a giant human being very much alive and moving around. So... This was from express.co.uk. Amazing. The YouTube poster, Mr. MBB333, who has had more than 16 million views and has 30,000 subscribers, so you know it's legit. Uh, You think someone would do that, go on YouTube and tell lies? I want you to put cricket sounds there in (laughs) post-production. If I can, I will, if I can figure out how to do it. But anyway, claims to have been looking at the pyramids on Google Earth when he was led to a nearby urban (laughs) area. like you do. You know. Okay, don't tell me you haven't spent time looking at cool stuff on Google Earth. Have you not? Is that just a me thing? There's cool stuff all around us, Addison. I like to look at cool stuff in the real world off of my computer. All right. Okay. I didn't realize I was sharing a booth with a baby boomer but anyway put down the screens kids go look at the giza pyramids in real life (laughs) Uh, in a video entitled unreal two giant men spotted nearby giza pyramids he claims to have found two oversized men walking towards each other across the street he even speculates that they could be descendants of the people who originally built the huge pyramids or even the fabled Anunnaki gods which were a group of deities or gods in ancient mesopotamian cultures in the video he said Okay, guys, this one's kind of bizarre. In the blurb for the video, he said, Whoa, two men of gigantic stature, probably in the neighborhood of eight feet to nine feet tall, have surfaced in a community not far from the Great Pyramids of Giza in Egypt on Google Earth. These guys are huge. That does seem to cover all the bases, yeah. Yeah, right? So, um, I mean, you can look that video up for yourself, watch it, and see how you feel. Um. There's a lot of debate in the comments. Some people are very convinced. <laughs> because I, it's a YouTube video. Yes, although surprisingly, no one uh, turning it into like a weird political debate that has nothing to do with giants. Maybe I didn't scroll down far enough. Yeah, no, but got to do most recent mm-hmm. instead of top rated. Oh, you're so right. About half the comments that I saw, though, were people convinced, uh, completely convinced, like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And the other half were people like, fake, 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 fake and dumb. Um uh, so, you know, how the internet Where's do. the proof? You know how the internet does. But that just what made me excited because I love looking for supposed video evidence. And I love the idea of Google Earth finally ca- like capturing something unexplained. Because that's a, a thing a lot of people bring up is in this day and age, everything's being documented all the time. It's becoming harder and harder to believe that there are things out there evading discovery. Yeah, but you know what? Don't let people scully your molder. If you want to believe believe mm-hmm. i'm just saying this is an interesting piece of like proof for the digital age we've got blurry pictures taken by a google earth cam uh and as leslie nope says google earth always taking always pictures. taking pics mm-hmm. yep it's fascinating and a little bit sad to me it's kind of bittersweet right this mm-hmm. idea that like for us as humans it's really cool to have like an increasing perspective on the world at all times and to like always see what's happening and it's really neat because we're getting closer and closer to being able to definitively prove the things that we want to definitively prove um and of course you know there will always be skeptics out there like no matter how much proof you find of something there will always be people who will find ways to disbelieve it there will always be people who will find ways to believe it no matter how much proof to the contrary you find Uh but it also does make me kind of sad because if there are these creatures that have evaded discovery for thousands of years, you know, I don't think it's on accident. Yeah, they don't want to be seen. Yeah, and I don't blame them. I mean, I understand people are kind of the worst. 
Yeah. Not you, though. You're cool. Oh, thanks, man. You're, You're cool, welcome. too. Thank you. <laughs> you, too, listeners. Y'all you are too. dope. <laughs> I mean, some of our listeners probably are not human, so... um. You're also good, too. We don't mean to be any, like, we won't mean to be exclusionist with that. Anyway, you were pointing out that I just wanted to, I was, I was, like, getting really, like, vibrating in my seat over here, getting excited to talk about this, because when you were talking earlier, you were saying, oh, well, all of these encounters and sightings seem to be with people, things and people that could reasonably get to that size. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not so much of a stretch to imagine a 10-foot tall person. It's it's still bananas. It would huh, still be... A stretch. <laughs> That's not even funny. I don't know why that was funny to me. It's not. It's, it wouldn't even like it wouldn't it would still be jarring and weird and 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 frightening and you'd have to look way up and oh how could you resist a how's the weather up there joke but it wouldn't be completely out of the realm of perceived survival tips do not do not make that joke to giants they've heard it so many times they will destroy you on the basketball court if you say that to them (laughs) they will (laughs) they will they don't even have to bounce the ball they don't even have to do i don't know any basketball things if you if you i know if you're not supposed to do any traveling which seems counterintuitive because everyone always told me the best thing you can do with your money and time is to travel but yeah but not with a basketball i guess you do with a basketball that's true but what i'm saying is if you accuse them of traveling they will just squish you flat beneath the heel of their hand like you are a bug Anyway, and I don't think the ref's going to side with you if there's giants on the court. It's true. Um, but I wanted to talk about, now these are slightly different, but there are multiple, as I mentioned earlier, there in Norse mythology, there are many varieties of giants. There are frost giants, there mm-hmm. are mountain giants. And in Japan, there appear to be Arctic water giants. What? Um, or the rumor has circulated in Japan, they appear to be in the Antarctic. Now let me tell you about this. Reportedly observed on multiple occasions by crew members of Japanese government-operated whale research ships, these so-called ningen, meaning human, are said to be completely white in color, like polar bear or mm-hmm. any other thing that lives in a snowy climate, with an estimated length, are you ready? Yes. Of 20 to 30 meters that's so many. It's really big. Uh, eyewitnesses describe them having a human-like shape, often with legs, arms, and five-fingered hands. Some are described as having fins or a large mermaid-like tail instead of legs, but most are described as looking almost entirely like a large, pale, white, smooth-surfaced human. Like, they don't have any hair. Oh, it's that's like, interesting. Um, because a lot of these accounts seem to cross over into, like, Sasquatch Bigfoot Yeti territory mm-hmm. and you were describing that and my immediate thought was Bumble's bounce but that's like a dumb thing that my brain was just doing it's okay <laughs> please tell me you've seen Rudolph right like I you have. got that of course reference. I have okay thank you the visible facial features of the eyes and the mouth according to one account crew members on deck observed what they initially thought was a foreign submarine in the distance when they approached however it became clear from the irregular shape of the thing that it was not man-made, it was alive. Unless there's, like, weird Russian submarines that are shaped like giant people. I hope um, so. The creature quickly disappeared underwater. The popular threat attracted the attention of many readers from outside the two-channel community, a.k.a. it's two-chan, uh, and the November 2011 issue of MU Magazine, a Japanese publication devoted to the study of paranormal phenomena, which featured an article about the Antarctic humans. The article speculated on the possibility of unidentified creatures inhabiting the southern seas and included a Google Earth screenshot. Amazing. Google Earth always taking pics, showing what looks like a ningen in the South Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Nambia, Namibia. 
To this date, no solid evidence has been presented to confirm the existence of the Ningen. Yeah, uh, except it's Google Earth. Except Google Earth Hello. picture. The government is believed to have kept detailed records of the sightings, but they have released no information to the public and have reportedly instructed eyewitnesses to remain silent. What was Shackleton hiding? What are they telling us? The answer is a lot. Ningen sightings occur most frequently at night, making them all the more difficult to photograph. I'm sorry, um, remind me, was this Arctic or Antarctic? This was in Antarctic? the Antarctic. Okay. Just checking. Yes, Antarctic. Ningen, oh yes, and still so images. So the one with penguins instead of yes. polar bears. They seem to look mostly like ice in the photographs that have been taken, though it is said that their smooth human-like sin, skin, not sin, <laughs> I bet they're smooth human-like sins. I bet they look. None of us are free from sin. Why should the water people be? Not even the Ningen. Not even More the like Ningen, if you ask me. Oh, Goodbye. Can be seen, but it says that the surface of their skin looking human-like can be seen and smooth can be seen when the photographs are enlarged. In any case, no convincing photographs have been made public either because they do not exist or because, as some argue, the government does not want to invite undue scrutiny and tarnish the scientific reputation of the whale research program. Now... Before you make any comments, because I'm sure you do, I need to really quickly talk about a common thread in the whole issue of giant sightings and giant humans in general, which is it is rife with conspiracy theory. Now, I found in my research an article from a website that kind of crashed my computer when I tried to read it. Oh, no. Uh, So I'm not going to link it. But if you Google, you'll probably find what I'm talking about. Um, It was it had it had 51 like area 51 in the in the URL. I don't remember it exactly, but you'll find if you research what I'm talking about that claimed that the Smithsonian Museum admitted to destroying over 200 bones on the government's orders of giant humanoid beings. So supposedly, the Smithsonian Museum had evidence of an entire race of giant people and destroyed it all because the government said you can't, the people aren't allowed to know. Where is National Treasure 3, Secrets of the Smithsonian, where Nicolas Cage goes and finds all the giant bones they hid when they were told to destroy them? Nicolas Cage is too busy having to return a stolen dinosaur skull to Mongolia. (laughs) Did you see that? No, but I love that. Nicolas Cage is too busy actually living his life as his character from National Treasure. Um, he's method. Uh, he's got a Jared Leto it. So deep in the method acting. Yeah, Nicolas Cage was kind of fun to work with, but on set he kept like leaving the Declaration of Independence <laughs> nailed to my door. <laughs> the door of my trailer. It was super weird. You know, like I thought that I was gonna be cool to co-star with Nicolas Cage until one night I found him on my ceiling because he had broken into my room just to see if he could pick the locks. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Nicolas Cage, man. Now, there's the real cryptid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, let's real quick talk about giants in popular culture, popular folklore, and popular reality television. So, <laughs> excuse me? Oh, you'll see. Oh, you'll see. So, first first of all, uh, this is just me touching on uh, a little bit more of the kind of folklore that we've talked about. Like, it, giants aren't exactly an unusual like line of topic i mentioned very briefly the uh japanese anime series attack on titan earlier which features cannibalistic giant humanoids um then of course we have paul bunyan the giant lumberjack of american folklore of course with his big blue ox babe i often wonder if people who aren't from the united states ever hear about paul bunyan if you don't know he's a giant lumberjack and had a big blue ox that was his friend that's basically it 
That's not basically it. He was an American icon. I, well, okay. Do you want to go into a little bit more about Paul Bunyan? No, this is your episode. You're cryptid. You should have done the research on Paul Bunyan <laughs> if you wanted to be reputable. He's someone everybody learns about Paul Bunyan growing up in at least my school. I'm just assuming everyone does in this area, but I my school, so. we read a lot of picture books Fun about fact, Paul Bunyan. Fun fact, there are like 20 cities across the United States that all claim to be like the birthplace of Paul Bunyan. And there's statues of Bangor, Maine is one of them. Yeah. Um, He's an American icon. He's a giant lumberjack. Made the hugest pancakes in the world. Yeah, maybe he was real. I'm offended you say maybe. <laughs> he was real. He was real. Addison, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't co-host the Cryptid Podcast and continually be the one <laughs> claiming that they're all out there and then be like a Paul Bunyan denialist. Like, how dare you, first of I'm all? I'm sorry for being a Paul Bunyan denier. Um, so in addition to that, we also have... Jack and the Jack and the Beanstalk story. We have the giant and an entire kingdom of giants. There are giants in the sky uh, in Jack and the Beanstalk. And so that's um, popping up throughout fairy tales. We've got, of course, if you've ever bought vegetables in a supermarket, you probably know the Jolly Green Giant. It's very silly. This kills the man. <laughs> I don't understand who decided that was a really good way to sell vegetables to people, but it makes me happy. But what I really wanted to get into was a 2014 to 2014 History Channel reality <laughs> television Lord. show called Search for the Lost Giants, which was hosted by Stonemason brothers Jim and Bill Vieira, beginning an extensive search and quest for the truth about giants. It wasn't that extensive. It lasted one season. <laughs> yes, it did. Hmm. Some stuff that they covered on the show was, oh my gosh, hmm. Some stuff that they recorded on the show and talked about publicly was um, large bones found in Tennessee in the 1800s with skeletons that were seven feet tall, which is not too out there. No, that's not. A 12-foot tall skeleton found in 1833 in California. 18 giant skeletons found in Wisconsin burial mounds in 1912. And in 2011, a Russian political newspaper, Pravda, published an account of a team of anthropologists who found a burial site in Central America, including 40 graves with 200 bodies of seven-foot-tall individuals. Wow. According to Pravda, the researchers believed these beings were members of an alien landing, possibly destroyed by some terrestrial virus to which they had no immunity, a.k.a. the plot of War of the Worlds. Um... I don't believe the alien theory so much on this one. Yeah, I don't as I don't either. Well, just because there's so much height variance that if it were like one a a race I mean, of alien beings that had landed. I mean, it's not like there's not height variance in in our race of beings. No, but a lot of like height variance that significant has occurred over centuries of change. Mm. And so, if it was one race that was quickly wiped out by something they didn't have an immunity to, I find it hard to believe. That they would have been that widespread all over the world and had that much of a variance in their sort of Mm -hmm. expression, biologically speaking. I have to keep telling you, this is all from a Huffington Post piece, by the way. I have to tell you more about what the Vieira brothers have to say about giants on their television show that they used to do. We found one important account from the 1895 Town History of Deerfield, Massachusetts, written by noted historian George Sheldon, of an eight-foot skeleton with double rows of teeth. What? That was unearthed. And the skull was as big as a peck basket, Jim Vieira told the Huffington Post. Wow. 
We read through thousands of pages of town and country histories in New England and found many more similar accounts of discoveries of several rows of teeth. It might be a genetic connection to the past. I've seen accounts that describe proportional individuals 10, 11, 12 feet tall. There are multiple accounts of multiple skulls found with double rows of teeth. I was, love that. It was eight feet tall, and its head was as big as a peck basket. Yeah, big old heads. Got to fit all them teeth in there. Yeah, but that's weird. I mean, just like that's. I mean, I'm not necessarily. I'm making the assumption that they are biologically similar to humans, or I guess like. Well, I guess we technically don't know how much bigger their bodies were in terms of width and like muscle mass. Well, yeah, and... I guess my immediate thought is just like, wow, that must have been. That must have been a giant baby because its skull was bigger in relation to its body. Well, the double rows of teeth just makes me think of, if you've ever seen pictures of a child's skull, the way that the teeth look inside the skull. Oh, um, yeah. It's not the same because I think they're implying the second row was behind those teeth, but I'm wondering if this was like some kind of evolution. <laughs> Can you imagine the first scientist that found a baby skull and they were like, what's this monster? It's got so many teeth. <laughs> Seriously, it's if you, if you have trypophobia, don't look at this, but look up uh, pictures of child skulls sometime if you want to uh, really, really, really freak out your internet provider. Yeah, or scare your coworkers when they peer over your shoulder. If you want the NSA to come to your house. <laughs> but seriously, um, it looks like it, it's just all full. It's just a skull full of teeth. It's super weird. Yeah, they've got so many teeth. Babies are basically sharks. Babies are so scary. There's a conspiracy theory for you. Babies, are they actually sharks? <laughs> yes. This researcher says yes. Well, I think... To that, I would say my favorite quote from this piece on the Vieira Brothers, which is a quote that just sounds, it just, like, it might be true, but saying it like this does not make you sound reputable, and it is this. Go for it. We have an incredible amount of stories from credible people. They have the best sources. <laughs> it's not just somebody who thinks they spotted something. It's people who measured something. Now, that part makes sounds better, but the first part of that quote does not make you sound very good. Um, we have the most credible sources from the most credible people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everyone now, loves our sources. Everyone agrees. Our sources are the best sources. Wait, I have a little bit more implication of differences between the quote-unquote race of giants and people now in addition to this weird double row of teeth. Well, we're at 45 minutes. So you're going to have to hurry it up. I am hurrying it up. <laughs> Fight me. Here we go. Uh, there's so much interesting information. There are petroglyphs showing beings with six fingers and toes, giant axes, native legends, and it's coming from so many different angles. So six fingers and toes also being found giant axes that don't match up to the size of people like we're supposed to be at that point in time. And then um, now, unfortunately, I do have an addendum to add to search for the lost giants, which implies that maybe they're not the most reputable source, which is Stephen Murzowski, who was a guest archaeologist and anthropology professor, uh, spoke up about the show and said he was disappointed that producers edited out his professional opinion, stating on his blog that his appearance on the show was used in a manner that appeared to give credence to a long discredited theory concerning giants. Oh, very good. I like everything about that sentence. Yeah, it's really good. So basically, there's a lot of different stuff these things could be. There is no doubt that there have been at some point some kind of either people with gigantism or a Neanderthal-like race that was exceptionally large, just any of it. But it's, I guess the question is, was that a prehistoric form of people or was it some kind of supernatural entity? Was it some kind of, was it like... Like what? I guess I guess there's so much question. I guess still of what that was, and like the claims in the in the Ningen case, and the claims about the Smithsonian is the government trying to keep us from finding out about giants. Well, the government's trying to keep us from finding out about a lot of things. Yeah, but, but why would they want us to not know about giants? What do you think? Well, what secrets are they trying to hide? 
Um, well, I whenever I think about like the government hiding things from people, I, I inherently just come back to like the Men in Black supposition, which is, I mean, you've seen Men in Black. Oh, yes. of course. The scene where they're sitting on the park bench and Tommy Lee Jones is explaining. I've got a heart to a DVD Smith. player. I've seen Men in Black. <laughs> yeah, um. right. Thank you. Well, he's explaining like, you know, a person is smart, but people are dumb, panicky animals. And if you tell them about things that are outside of their realm of expectation, they will. they'll freak out. I mean, you know what? Like, look how well we handle having humans that are the exact same as us who just have variations in their skin pigment. Like, I don't think we'd be so great to people who were that drastically outside yeah. of our realm of expectation. There's an entire comic book series about it. It's wonderful. It's called X-Men. <laughs> That's true. X-Men, you say? <laughs> like formerly men? Mm-hmm. And now something mm-hmm. else? Previously men, but now giants. <laughs> um, I, that, that is very true. I just had to posit that, posit that query for a moment. I think, you know, like we've talked about a lot in this podcast before, actually, it would be very damaging to our perception of ourselves and our role in the world to presume that something exists higher on the chain of dominance than us. True. And if we're talking about the uh, the uh, America-based, the North American-based legends of the uh, red-haired cannibals, then higher on the food chain. Inherently, our sort of system of sanity is based on the supposition that we have it figured out. And I think if you were to release to people, people in general like to think that things exist out there in a safe way that we can't prove to ourselves. I think if we had definitive proof that something scarier than us existed out there, we'd kind of lose our minds. Well, I think that that's probably very true since you're talking to a person who is definitely just like that because I love uh, <laughs> I love to read about ghosts and things like that, and I think they're really neat, and I love them. And if I until ever saw one— Until about 3 a.m. Yes, until about 3 a.m., and if I ever saw one, I would promptly pee myself and then— maybe run screaming for the hills but yeah i mean i just think you know i spend like a weird amount of time getting philosophical in the last 10 minutes of this podcast no, it's especially like in, it. the, in the last several episodes but i really think that's it you know i think that and i'm not going to place a value judgment on whether that's a good or a bad decision i mean I, I feel like people have the right to know things but also as a sort of if it were my strategic responsibility to ensure the stability of the human race and the population of a of a given country or whatever right. like that's not an entirely irresponsible decision yeah, although which is not to say that the government hasn't done plenty of not so great things. Oh no, you yeah. by all means hate the government. Yeah, of <laughs> like, course, Thank absolutely. You. Um, like you can borrow my anarchy T-shirts if you want. Like I don't care. Hate the government by all means. I'm just saying. <laughs> like I can understand the logical reasoning behind keeping. I get why Tommy Lee Jones doesn't want the people to know about giants. I well, I mean, I trust Tommy Lee Jones with most decisions. I do but... trust Tommy Lee Jones. I do not trust Nicolas Cage. Let it be known. Let <laughs> it be on the don't record. Trust Nicholas Cage. Let it be on the record that I don't trust Nicholas Cage. And honestly, knowing that he stole a dinosaur skull from Mongolia and knowing that he owns the La Lorie mansion in uh, New Orleans, I would not be surprised if he has a closet full of giant skeletons. If Those there are, two things are related, yeah. coming to you next on American Horror Story. Yes, if there are literally giant skeletons in his closet, I would not be surprised. Hey. This is not me trying to make any weird accusations about Nicholas Cage. I don't think he killed the giant people. I just think he likes to collect <laughs> really weird Cage, things. giant hunter. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Oh, I love I haven't it. pitched a movie in a I'm hot minute. For it. Here yeah, it is. It's, it's been a bit. It's been a bit. We're really, I'm really, I don't know about you. I shouldn't speak for you, but I, I'm, I'm glad to be back. 
Yeah, it feels good. It feels right. Uh, we're very sorry to have kept you guys on hiatus so long waiting for us. We really do appreciate your patience, though, and mm-hmm. letting us work some things out. It's just been a lot of scheduling and a lot of, you know, Well, I mean, a week in which you were literally not in the same. I was literally yeah. in New York City and just, like, could not have my stuff with me because exactly. transporting it, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it was, like, literally the day I got back from New York, I started a new job, and then... It and then I went back to, back to school. Yeah. And like it schedules have been nuts, and not to mention the world has like been a little bit of a trash fire. But that's neither here nor there. We are glad that a lot of you seem to take the time to explore and listen to and find some new content, and um, we're really, really, again, just so, so grateful that you guys have been patient with us and helped us work through, you know, figuring out and finding our groove again. Um, I think it's important to remember that honestly, we're still a relatively new podcast. We've been doing oh, yeah. this less than a year. We already have what? This is episode number. This will be, I think, twenty three. Twenty three. That's awesome, and we couldn't do it without you guys. The fact that we're able to do this podcast on a weekly basis and find time for it is already kind of amazing. And the fact that people want to listen to it, I say that all the time, but I think not, that's really, um, really incredible. yeah. No, it's amazing, and um, we we really love our community. All of you guys out there listening, whether you're a first time or whether you've been with us from the beginning or whether you just found it a week ago and you've binge listened to all of these episodes like in seven days, that's nuts. There are people that apparently do that, and I'm really glad there are people who find this that interesting. Seriously, um, we love every single one of you. We value your feedback, whether that's by tweeting at us directly or leaving us a review on iTunes or like talking to us in the Crypto Keeper Appreciation Group or commenting on our videos like we're so so glad to be here and i really can't Absolutely. stress that enough it's amazing and serious thank you um so a uh, quick announcement uh i tweeted about it it's on facebook but i should say here as well we do officially have a store where you can purchase hey. the stickers that were going out in our giveaways they are uh all there we have five designs we have the um owen wilson with his little shapeshifter antlers we have bigfoot is my girlfriend we have the taily poe we have um american werewolf in london American Werewolf in London in America sticker. Oh, that was um, so bad. No, it's American Werewolf in London 2, American Werewolf in London in America. I really don't get what's so hard about this. You wrote a tongue twister and you're making fun of me. <laughs> and then we also have the uh, Liberfarian uh, design and those are all for sale. We, We've had a great response list so far. Thank you to everybody yes. who's bought a sticker. Like, we're so glad you have your swag out there in the world. Exactly. You're repping our merch. It's so great. Uh, stick them to everything. So now those are available and it is, um, it is the Cryptid Shopper on Etsy. And yeah, put them on your babies, put them on your dogs, put them on your dog's babies, <laughs> and your baby's dogs. <laughs> yes. Um, stick them stick to your uh, neighbors. I don't know. If you see, like, a Trump sign in someone's yard, just stick a bunch of so many stickers. Sticker on it. Just put so many stickers on it that it just looks like a cryptid keeper ad instead. Um, uh, climb up at night and put them on billboards. <laughs> Please don't get arrested Anytime for you see a picture of Owen Wilson, just like slap a sticker on there. Yep. Um, I should, uh, um, disclaimer, please do not, uh, if you're going to commit a crime, please don't put something with our name on it while you do it because I'm not trying to get called in. If you leave your phone number for a cute barista, just like put one of those stickers on there. They will have something to talk about when they call you. Yes, you can talk about this <laughs> podcast. Honestly, and they can please. say, why did you ask me to listen to this? It's so weird. We're rooting for you, <laughs> Valerie. I just picked a name. If we have a listener named Valerie, this will work out. for exactly one person, and I, I'm, I'm so glad it was you, Val. There's more than one person named Valerie. No, I'm there. just saying, like the the unique circumstances into which this falls. Like, I'm sure this will. Like, if this works for one person, I'll be lucky because it'll it's be like true. the most. They'll be like, wait a second. You see me, and I'm You're, like, yes, we do see. We you. see all of you. We see all of you, and I don't just Please mean that feel as a valued. metaphor. One in a metaphor. We literally see all of you. We see you. 
cover the webcam on your laptop with duct tape. I saw that episode of Black Mirror. That was bad. Oh, anyway. Huh, okay. <laughs> Do you have any announcements? I think that does it. I think that does us for announcements. Um, just we are keep back. Listening, keep watching the skies. We're back. Keep watching the skies. We'd love to have you around for you know all of our discourse and our, our following episodes. <gasps> oh, I um, should just have one little fun addendum for people who stuck it out this long through the weird rambly uh, end part. And I'm not talking. I'm not dragging you. I'm just dragging myself. But uh, as I was researching giants today, like finding some final things to stick in this episode, I came across a headline about flying giant humanoids being spotted over the city of Chicago. So if you're in Chicago, watch the skies. Oh, I've heard it's Mothman. I've no, heard but there Mothman have been vacaying in Chicago. Well, there have also been sightings that don't that aren't winged. Yeah, well, it's also bananas. Mothman would not. But also, they like, are not they are not bewinged. Yeah, no, I understand. I'm just telling you, like, I hear all these sightings about Mothman in Chicago, and, like, if you are one of these people and you've seen Mothman in Chicago, like, contact me immediately because mm-hmm. I want to hear your story. Oh, but also, yes. no, it's not Mothman. Speaking of which, I've talked to a couple of listeners about this, but if you have, like, a personal family story or, like, a firsthand encounter or, like, a friend of a friend of a college roommate who had an encounter with something kind of strange and mysterious, the Cryptic Keeper podcast on Twitter, DMs are open. Please send us to it because I would love to, if we get enough, compile um, the listener accounts into a whole episode of them. Sort of like uh, My Favorite Murder does like hometown yeah. true crime stories. I would love to have an episode of just listener encounters. That would be so much, so much fun. Um, and, Speaking yeah. of, um, feel free to join us on Facebook in the Cryptic Keeper Appreciation Group. It's a really fun time. We have like 200 oh. and something members now. Yes, it's becoming, like, my mind. it's becoming like a, a vast and burgeoning community. Uh, but perks are you get all the choicest cryptid memes, like first come, first serve. It's great. You get to meet a whole community of really cool people. I've seen like, I need to tell you guys this right now, that like every time I see two Cryptid Keeper fans and like friends of mine that I really enjoy, like suddenly start interacting with each other and like develop a burgeoning Twitter friendship, like I literally sit at my computer and like squeal with glee. Oh, I get so excited. Um, it's the coolest, dopest thing, actually. It's so good. Uh, I get so excited. The other benefit is that if you're in that group, you get to call me a friend because I, I will call each and every one of you my like real life friend. I'm like, yeah. huh, a friend. And you're also just collecting them in a basket. Um, whenever we like hit the big time, big time, like <laughs> you have permission to tell everybody that like you're besties with us. And I will exactly. like I will verify any story you make up about like a cool thing that we did at some point. Yes, exactly. You can talk about like the time we went to Steak and Shake. I don't care if we didn't go. You can, you can be can like, tell everyone about yeah, it. Yeah, Alex Flanagan. One time we petted the rat dog in Central Park. And I'll be like, I was there for that. I remember. Yes. <laughs> it was a good dog. Uh, so socials. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, so socials. Twitter at CryptKeepPod. C-R-Y-P-K-E-E-P-P-O-D. We're on Facebook under The Cryptic Keeper. And then the group is The Cryptic Keeper Appreciation Group. We are on Etsy now, The Cryptid Shopper. We are on Patreon, The Cryptic Keeper on there. And that is all of the things. And our music is, as always, by Andrew Giada. And as always... We hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.